A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. Two unlikely friends take on the world. Hey there, it's Non-Gay. Just popping up to say that this week we are talking all about the new Russell T. Davis Channel 4 drama, It's a Sin. It's all about the HIV and AIDS crisis in the 1980s. So if you are affected by any of the issues discussed in that show, please do reach out to the Terence Higgins Trust in the UK or in the USA. Visit HIV.gov. Oh, and if you haven't seen it, don't worry, there are no spoilers in this episode. Welcome to a gay and a non-gay. So Dan and I have both just finished watching all of It's a Sin, Russell T. Davis' new show on Channel 4 and All 4. I don't feel great, to be honest. How do you feel? Well, on the one hand, I feel great because it was a very great program and i also feel great because i've managed to watch it without getting spoiled but obviously it's very distressing and there was bits where i literally like screamed at the tv i don't really know how to talk about it if i'm honest with you because it's had such a profound effect on me i definitely cried but at the same time held it together i guess it's not new information but here's what i found really thrilling about it i've never seen that story on tv and I can't believe I haven't. I've seen Pose, but it doesn't hit the same way this did. I think it's because this is specifically about HIV and AIDS. And we're watching it during a pandemic that's affecting the entire world. So it had more of an effect than ever. Plus it's the UK where we are and it's London. Yeah. And it's the people that would have been here now. They would have been yeah. in the Admiral Duncan drinking. They would have been in Old Compton's that have been at balance, but they're not there because they died. And that's so difficult to deal with. Um, it's so difficult to deal with. Also, it's like watching a mirror because seeing that group of friends go through what they did, they're not different to my group of friends. That, that Those experiences, even though they were in the 80s, of coming out and being gay and hiding it from your parents and, and being different, it's not that different to now, in a sense. And obviously we have a lot more information about AIDS. I don't mean that. I mean the friendships, the sex, like everything about it is very similar to the gay scene that I've grown up into and the the scene that I know and love. And so it's quite weird watching that. It could have been me and my boyfriend. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And I grew up in the hangover of it. Like I've never talked about my age. I was born in 1984. So as I was growing up, it was in the ether and section 28 was fully enforced at school no one could talk about being gay or what that was it was totally hidden and so i had no idea about who i was so it's the feelings those people felt in that show where they feel like they deserve hiv and aids it's the feelings that i've grown up with i've got a connection to that we've talked before haven't we how i have i've felt as though i deserved it And there would be times where I would go out, get really drunk and deliberately put myself in situations where I could catch HIV and AIDS just because I felt like that was what I was destined for. Like I almost deserved it because of the shame of being gay. And it's so annoying, isn't it? It's such bullshit that that's how we were made to feel. I guess you don't feel like that anymore. Or do you sometimes feel like that? I sort of miss it. 
you miss feeling like that i don't know how or to do ex- you mean you miss like being single and going out and getting trashed or whatever no i think i do specifically miss i miss making very bad decisions <laughs> so that's not being single that's just i miss making terrible decisions that put me in life-threatening situations because i guess it made me feel alive and it validated my own negative feelings about myself right this is so complicated to talk about and i'm sure i'm not the only one that does this and i don't think it, I'm, I'm sure i'm not the only one that's been through that and i'm sure it's not just gay people either i think it could be a lot of different people suffering from stuff but i would imagine overwhelmingly queer people feel and have felt like that a lot that's why it's so amazing seeing a new generation of young people coming out without a care in the world that's how it should be but i definitely think um I think It's a Sin really shows you... It kind of shows you where I came from. (laughs) Not me, but like the community and and where we're at and how we are the way we are to an extent. Your son has the devil in him tonight, Rosa. That's exactly the problem. What in the name of the Lord? I'm going now. So thank you very much. And if you need to forward any mail, I'll be staying at 23 Piss Off Avenue, London, W. Fuck. Thank you. It couldn't have been worse timing, could it, for HIV and AIDS to come along? I guess it was at a moment. Uh, I think it would have probably been at a moment where gay liberation was beginning and had had got some energy behind it, right? And then suddenly this cancer comes along and just wipes out gay people and it, and it gives straight people, some straight people, a reason to kind of stigmatise them again. Yeah, because you sort of think... It it gives some credence to the idea that like, well, if you are going to be gay, then what did you expect? Right. You're dirty. You deserve this. I wonder if it had happened now, would the world be different? And actually, you're right. It wouldn't be different at all. We've seen it with coronavirus. People that have underlying health symptoms are just looked upon as expendable. I think on the whole, we're looking out for each other. But you do see people say survival of the fittest or... Why are you vaccinating old people? They're going to die soon anyway. There's all this crap, isn't there? I think if it happened now, like, would it be different? Would would it be seen as, well, it's, it's gay people's fault? Or would there be more compassion towards gay people? I hope there'd be more compassion towards gay people. In a weird way, I suppose that the AIDS crisis and the response to it has led to some gay liberation. So where we are now is almost as a result of the AIDS crisis to some extent where we are where where society is 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 as so it's it's impossible to know where we would be now if it hadn't already happened for it to happen again yeah and i think i'm right in saying that the reason the oxford astrazeneca vaccine happened so quickly is because of years and years of work trying to fight hiv i've read articles that have suggested that the reason these vaccines have come along so quickly is because of the groundwork they put in to try and find a cure for hiv yeah now obviously that hasn't happened yet they're very different viruses but it's it's a good point actually we have moved as a society because of what our friends and loved ones went through before us but yeah it's so hard to watch isn't it how did you feel well as as expected like it's obviously very it's uncomfortable to watch and it's very upsetting i'm so intrigued to sort of know how a straight person watches it because they're not involved in it they haven't but isn't it can't you just i imagine it's similar to when you've watched something like the 13 on netflix is how i feel watching it's a sin i watched 
I watched 13 and I'm really angry about it. Do you watch it like, I'm not saying do you watch it like, oh, lol, what a great TV show. But do you watch it and, and are you surprised by every single nuanced thing that happens? Because to me, it is not a surprise, no spoilers, when someone's mum doesn't know that they're gay or when they're thrown out of their house because they're gay or that people are dying and they don't have any loved ones next to them. Th- those things aren't a no, surprise No, it wasn't... None of it was a surprise to me, but I want, but but I'm sure at some point it would have been. But then it, that's possibly as a result of doing this podcast and talking to you and making a documentary about HIV that we've done and all that kind of thing. But none of it was a surprise in that sense. Okay, here's a question: Do you see me in it? Yeah. In what in what way? Like you said, I can picture you in all these scenarios, but I can picture me in most of them, other than the sex. <laughs> yeah. I see myself in that program far more than like Pose, for example, which is literally like voyeurism to me. Like that is so far removed from my life. Whereas It's a Sin isn't really bad. I wonder whether that's just because it's British. A gay and a non-gay. One of them's gay. The other one isn't. Welcome back to A Gay and a Non-Gay. If you haven't seen Dan's hilarious sachet non-gay, our very special RuPaul's Drag Race UK review show, get on our Instagram at gaynongay. We're talking about It's a Sin right now and the effect it's had on everyone who's seen it. What, watching stuff like that, what I, what I hope is that other people who were expecting to watch Gogglebox, who might be homophobic in like a myriad of ways, maybe a tiny bit, Maybe a lot. We'll watch that and go, oh. What do you mean? Well, because they might think twice about being being homophobic or holding on to some of the views that they have after watching something like that. Yeah. And seeing what people have gone through. I suppose what I see in it, I said this a second ago, like it's almost, it's almost like looking into a mirror. It's actually playing out still, I think. I think that's what's so alarming is that the stuff that's in that show is still, is still happening. Like I've had yeah. situations where I've slept with someone... And we've both had a conversation about how we're clean, so it doesn't matter that we haven't got a condom, we'll be fine. And that's the conversation that happens in this show. Also, side note, using the word clean to describe being STI negative reinforces stigma about people having STIs being unclean, which is obviously wrong, because what I'm saying here is that we should be proud to know our status. But this conversation plays out all the time. Like, I've had this exact conversation with guys before and have used that word. But I've not really known that I'm STI negative in the moment where I'm saying I am, because how would I know unless I've been tested 10 minutes ago? And if you're doing that regularly, which I know for a fact I was, I was having unprotected sex a lot. Yes, you might be on prep, but that's still not 100% safe. You can catch all sorts of other STIs. Um, And this was before prep as well. And I think... There are so many different versions of that playing out in the gay community all the time. We still don't really value our life as much as we should do. I th- and I think that's why we've seen some gay people partying in the pandemic. If you follow accounts like Gays Over COVID, you'll have seen that. And it's not a widespread thing. But I imagine it's because we just don't value our lives in the way that we should. Because of what happened in the 80s and because of what happened before that and because of what the Bible says and what bigoted people say about us all the time and because it's still illegal to be gay in so many countries or whatever like thank god we live in a country where 
things have moved forwards from that but we still have that shame don't we and it manifests in so many different ways and i think it's just sad so watching it was like okay people aren't dying around me but all these scenarios all these conversations it's all very similar The only point I sort of disagree with what you just said is the gaze over COVID thing. Because to me, that screams a complete lack of regard for some for anybody else's life, primarily. As well as your own. But like if I was writing an essay on what's wrong with gaze over COVID, I'd have written 10,000 words about how disrespectful it is to, to everybody before I even got to... Okay, but HIV was passed to other people covid spreads to everyone and can kill more vulnerable people quicker and therefore i guess people partying in the pandemic are not putting other people's lives that they're putting other people's lives at risk but so is not having an hiv test and checking your status yeah and then having sex with someone it's the same concept so i think if you don't value your own life then you also don't value other people's lives i would say that was probably a default i don't know for sure but I think you probably are just like, whatever. Also, I don't know why, using that example specifically, why you think they would care about society when society might not have cared about them. Well, because two wrongs don't make a right. And I don't think it's enough to say, oh, society doesn't care about us. That's not a get out clause. That's not good enough for me. I think it's disgusting. I think it's appalling. Okay, that's fine. It's not good enough for anyone. It's obviously wrong. Perhaps I'm wrong to link it to COVID, but I just think there's so many similarities. Um, but even from the AIDS thing, like, yeah, I just, I mean, can you imagine having um, every time you had sex with someone in your entire life thinking, I've got AIDS now, I've got HIV, I better get another test. And then having an agonizing two week wait. That was interesting too, because I remember my first few HIV tests having to wait two weeks, two weeks, and also not sleeping with someone for two weeks. It's quite a long time when you're a 20-something gay person and you'd have to not sleep with someone for two weeks. Now, you're probably like, big deal. <laughs> but for me, that that was a big deal. That was a hard thing to do. I'd have shame telling people that I'd even had a test. There was almost something shameful about the fact that you needed an HIV test because that would make you a slut, which is ridiculous. Like, we've we've really got all of this stuff so wrong. We should be proud of our bodies. We should be proud to have a test. We should be proud to know our status, positive or negative, because it means you're taking responsibility. And we know if you are HIV positive now and you're on the correct treatment, you can't pass it on. In some instances, you're healthier than someone that's negative because you're having regular health checks. You're looking after yeah. your health in, a, in an unprecedented way compared to someone that's HIV negative. Anyway, it just annoys me so much that we have all of this shame. And I think the thing that hurt the most watching it was just that, that whole narrative of it being dirty. And seeing the gay people in the show being ashamed of being gay. Yeah. I'm hearing everything you're saying, but I can't get past the idea that two weeks is a long time between sleeping with people. <laughs> so it really, that's where it really, it, it, And when you say that, I just think, God, I must be such a loser if that's a fact. I once went away for the weekend. <laughs> I went to Manchester Pride and I came back home to my housemate. And I was like, oh my God, I slept with five guys this weekend. I'd only been there five nights. And she said, that's more people than I've slept with in my entire life. 
I don't know why that's so shocking to you. What's shocking, I won't use that word, what's interesting about what you just said is is the inference that it's just a fact, like, oh my God, I had to wait two weeks before sleeping, sleeping with someone. And I really want to get the violin music out, but I'm not going to because we're talking about, because everything else is so serious. Yeah, it was a long t- it's a long time. If you're going out twice a weekend, then... In some, scenarios, I mean, I could, I mean, I, I mean, I have gone out for, for thirty nights in a row and not slept with anyone. <laughs> like, it's <What>? not. <laughs> oh my goodness! Are you judging that, or are you just surprised? I, there's a tiny bit of me that's like, I don't know why you're acting like two weeks is a long time to wait. Like, I, I can't seem to get beyond that. At that point in my life, that was difficult because I was seeking so much I, validation, and the only way I could feel like myself or like I was able to be me was to be having sex with someone because I'd spent most of my life thinking that being gay was wrong. So I kind of lent into that. The only thing I've done a lot of, and far more than most people, the only one thing in that world that I have is see live music and gigs. And I suppose it would be a long time for me to wait. Obviously, I've gone nearly a year without seeing anything now. But I guess in the normal world, two weeks would be a long time for me to not go to a gig and by like a month i'd be like tearing up the walls so i guess i have to compare it to that to get in the mindset of two weeks being a long time i just think weirdly as a as a species we do things we're told not to do so when i'm told like being gay is wrong sleeping with people is wrong i i just sort of did it (laughs) well i've got i've got to go but before we go can you not do the list of a gay and non-gay admin I'm about to send you. <laughs> Can you not write this book? Oh, please, Dan. Please give it a rest. A gay and a non-gay. Here's some amazing news. The Terence Higgins Trust are hoping to end new cases of HIV by 2030 in England. The idea is that everyone should know their HIV status. If everybody knows their status and is on treatment, it's impossible to pass HIV on. Yes, so order your free HIV test kit now. Head to freetesting.hiv. Yes, give HIV the finger. You can also visit tht.org.uk for more information and loads of online services and resources. Also, this feels like an opportune moment to mention our documentary from last year, A Cure for HIV, which features an exclusive conversation with Adam, the London patient, the second person in the world to be considered cured of HIV. It really is a fascinating listen. Do check it out if you can. Thank you for listening this week. Support our Patreon at Gain on Gay. Actually, we've got one of our Patreon meetups this Thursday, the 28th of January. So if you're a patron or want to become a patron, gainongay.com slash donate. We'd love to see you there. Find us on your socials at Gay Non-Gay. Listen at gaynongay.com or just search non-gay at your fave pod app. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.